Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash Canada EHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate, or you can go to buymeacupofcoffee slash Craig U. All of these links are also in my show notes. And for people who donate, I have various levels of benefits. For $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. For $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by with your name at the start. Also, I'll state it's sponsored by you on social media. For $20, everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And for $50, everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G, B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to my username, Bairdo37. And you can find weekly videos on Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash C slash Canadian History X. If you want to find transcripts of every episode I've ever done, you can go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. And there's over 700 posts on Canada's history there. The area around where Villeneuve is today was mostly the home of the Cree people. The Plains Cree and the Woodland Cree occupied the territory, but it was also the northern reaches of the territory of the Tsutsina people. The bison would migrate up to the area in the summer, providing a valuable food source, and today Villeneuve is only an hour away from Elk Island National Park, where one of the largest bison herds in Canada can be found. In 1878, an indigenous leader named Yellowhead left eastern Canada to escape a bounty on his head from the Americans, and he reached St. Albert in what was then the Northwest Territories. He asked Father Albert Lacombe to arrange a home for himself and his people. To that end, the Michel Reserve was created nearby, sitting close to where Villeneuve is today. This reserve, created in 1880 and covering 100 square kilometers, remains the home to the Michel Band. Throughout the 20th century, due to covering agricultural land, the indigenous on the reserve came under pressure to surrender their land to settlers, and over the course of half a century, the size of the reserve began to shrink. At the time, the indigenous could not vote unless they gave up their treaty rights under the Indian Act. On March 31, 1958, two years before the indigenous were granted the right to vote, the Michel Band removed its status and enfranchised, becoming the only indigenous band in Canada to do so in the 20th century. Today, the Michelle Band is comprised of Indigenous with Cree, Iroquois, and Métis ancestry. The origin of Villeneuve comes from Archbishop Emile Joseph Legal, who created a parish at Villeneuve in 1897 on the request of the local residents who did not want to go all the way to St. Albert to pray. Originally known as St. Pierre's, Villeneuve would change its name to its current one in 1900 when it got its post office to honour Frederick Villeneuve, 
the representative of the area in the Northwest Territories Legislative Assembly. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. Now I'm going to talk about probably the biggest feature of Villeneuve. It's a small community, there's not a ton there, but there's this one feature that's kind of interesting. So it has the Villeneuve Airport. The Villeneuve Airport opened in 1976 after it was built by Transport Canada, and today it occupies 6.29 square kilometers with 21 hangars and a runway of 5,000 feet. The airport is important enough that when there is stormy weather at the Edmonton International Airport, Villeneuve is the alternative airport for medevac flights. So, nearby to the airport, there is a jet that sits in a field. Why is it there? Well, it is a Boeing 737-200 that was operated by Pacific Western Airlines and it's been resting in that field just to the south of the airport facilities since November 29, 2013, when it took its last flight from Edmonton. The plane sits there because of space constraints at the former city centre airport and the decision was made to take it to the Villeneuve airport, but it was a process to make it happen. The $1.6 million plane was running out of time to find a new home, and as late as November 27, 2013, it was believed it would be destroyed as the last runway at the city centre airport would be closing on November 30, 2013 at 4.49pm. The Alberta Aviation Museum, which occupies the former city centre airport site, had only found out in July that the property line under the redevelopment of the airport lands would not give enough space for the 737. The plane also had to take flight to get to its new location, as moving it along the ground would cost $500,000, far more than the museum could afford. The plane had first got into service from the city centre airport in 1979 with Pacific Western Airlines, and then Canadian Airlines International, and finally Air Canada, who donated the plane to the museum in 2005. Since 2005, thousands of people had toured it and many children had explored its cockpit. Thankfully, Transport Canada gave approval to fly the plane to its new location on November 28th. Once approval was given, 15 volunteer technicians from Canadian Northern Airlines gave the jet a safety inspection to make sure it was ready to fly. On the day it was set to leave, a crowd gathered at the city centre airport fences to watch the plane take off for its last flight. Air traffic controller Brian Carlson would say, quote, It is nostalgic for me because I've worked at the international airport since the days when that would have been an active duty plane. End quote. When it took off from the city centre airport, it was a very quick trip to land at Villeneuve. One of its pilots, Tim Shehagel, would say of the flight, quote, It was straight up to the Costco, turn left, and there's Villeneuve, end quote. 
Sihagel and his pilot, Mike Wilson, both volunteered to fly the plane to its new home. Wilson would say that it was the shortest flight of his career. He would say, quote, Things happened pretty quickly. Tim did the takeoff and flew it over and I did the circuit, the low on over, and the landing. My landing was a lot smoother than the last two, end quote. We both, uh, you know, one of many people that would, uh, you know, that jumped at the, the chance to, uh, you know, have an opportunity to fly this airplane, this last flight out of the city airport. And, uh, yeah, fortunately, uh, we were uh, picked to do it, so. You're Canadian North pilots? That's right, yeah. And you fly the 737 as well? Yeah. The very same airplane as this. Is that right? Yeah. The 200? 200. We fly the, the um, 737-200 and the 300. Um. So it's one of your shorter flights, I imagine. Can you tell me about <laughs> De- how it went? Definitely. <laughs> Probably the shortest flight, yeah. It, uh, things happened pretty uh, quickly. But, uh, yeah, Tim did the takeoff and, and uh, flew it over, and then I did, I did the, uh, the circuit, uh, the low and over, and the landing. Okay. And uh, how did it compare to uh, your usual flights? Well, the landing, my landing was a lot smoother than my last two. <laughs> <laughs> Mike oh. did a perfect landing here here in uh, Villeneuve. Uh, it, he just rolled it on. It was uh, it was Do you a great. Any concerns about flying a plane that hasn't been in the air since 2005? None whatsoever. No. As soon as the maintenance engineers said it's airworthy, we knew it was airworthy. And it's a Boeing. It's a Boeing 737. Uh, it's a tough tough old plane. It's a, it's a great airplane. Today, the 737 sits in the field so that it can be used by security agencies for training, and it's also been used for local movie productions for filming. I hope you enjoyed that rather short episode about Villeneuve, Alberta, but even though it's short, every community has an interesting history. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.